Hi guys and welcome to 2019. I'm going to have another crack at a podcast. This will be number three in the series of, uh, I'm not quite sure how many, probably until you get sick of me. But uh, welcome to the new year. As I said it towards the end of last year, 2019 has some unbelievable opportunities. So I'm going to start this podcast or this 2000, this new year, with getting you to understand the shape of a real estate career and what type of business you're actually running. So let's start there and see if that can help set up the way you're thinking for the year. There's some work that we did did many years ago and we looked at what I call the shape of a real estate career. And what we found is that after two or three years, a high percentage of agents actually reached their capacity. E.g., after two to three years, what they wrote in their you know, roughly third year was what they're going to write for the rest of their career. In many ways, what occurred is that they just reached their capacity. But let's go back to the start. As I've always said to everybody, it's better to understand and understand why these things occur rather than for me just to, you know, give you solutions. When most people start in their career, they have one thing available to them, and that's time. And because the industry is obsessed, correctly so in many cases, about stock, we use that time to go out and get stock. What actually happens is that before too long, our days are full of activities around prospecting, doing all the stuff that everyone tells you to go and do. But what actually happens is that I have a saying that this is the only industry in the world where your success starts to create your failure. And what I mean by that is you spend all this time prospecting, going out getting stock. And all of a sudden when you get the stock, particularly in 2019 when days on market are probably going to be longer, that stock then fills your day with the art of trying to sell that stock and you haven't allowed or you haven't allocated any time to go and prospect. So in many ways, you end up creating a business that is just hand to mouth. You know, I get some stock, I run out of stock, I get some stock, I run out of stock. And so what happens is that many of you know that what happens then and what occurs there, real estate businesses become really inconsistent. They don't have to be inconsistent, but, but the way you've shaped your business, hand to mouth, your business has no choice but to become inconsistent. We call this an opportunistic style business. Now I'm gonna talk about two types of businesses today, ones that are what we call core and ones that's opportunistic. So let's go back and look at a little bit differently. Core is when you spend the majority of your time on the core activities that bring a steady flow of stock into your world. They are the key tasks that get put into your daily routine first and everything else revolves around them. To do that, I'm gonna share with you um, some work that we've been sharing for a long time, which is about the development of a relationship. Now, this is not my work. This is um, uh, Brian White, our chairman, um, brought this back from uh, a bit of time that he spent in Harvard uh, on, a, on, a, on a course a couple of years ago and it's become the backbone of how we understand the relationships that developed into uh, the real estate world. A relationship's developed, so the first time I meet someone in the suburbs or at an open for inspection, 
they're cynical and skeptical and that's the early part of the relationship they don't know who i am they haven't you know they may have seen me in the suburb in some cases not at all and so the first part of the relationship is someone has some cynicism or skepticism about who you are and what it is that you are trying to do with the relationship e.g i just want to meet you so i can make some money if i then start to build a structure of service around those people. I move those people from cynics and skeptics into what I call a prospect. Now I'm gonna come back and talk about prospects. Now, and the reason I'm gonna do that because many people believe that you actually build relationships in databases. I'm gonna challenge that today. I believe the people who are in your database are just prospects. Now, they're different types of prospects. For me, a database, or how I explain a database, is a group of people that you market differently to than someone who's outside of your database. Someone who gets a different level of service. But at that point in time, they're only prospects. I do not believe that if you have a database of 1,500 or 2,000, remember what I call the database, homeowners in your suburb, that you can build a really in-depth relationship with 1,500 or 2,000 people. There's a, uh, if you go onto Facebook and you have a look at, I think it's called the Dunbar's theory. Dunbar may, may, maintains that uh, you can only have deep relationships with about 150 people. The best way I explain that when I'm talking to groups of people is, is you know, I ask who's been married for longer than 10 years and I, then I ask how many of those people at your wedding you're still talking to and people are actually amazed at how life moves on and our lives go through cycle. You know, we, we get married, we have a group of people we work with, went to school with, then all of a sudden we have kids and then they go to, to, to kindy and school and we drop friends off and bring new ones in. As our life changes and, and Dunbar believes that this, that this relationship is exclusive to about 150 people. It's a really interesting concept and really helped shape the way that, that, that we thought about building relationships. So we take the cynics, and, the cynics and skeptics from the suburb. We then turn them into prospects through delivering a unique service. So remember, databases are people that we uniquely market to. And then we turn them into, then only then when they go into our pipeline, do we start to actually really build that relationship. So for me, and I've always said this, that it, it's, it's the pipeline where I turn the prospect into a client. It's in the pipeline. I've said for many years that the pipeline is where the money lives. Once I build that 150 or so people in my pipeline, and for me, a pipeline is, to, is defined by someone who has given me an indication they're going to sell their home in the next 12 months or so. Once I have that pipeline, I have another level of service, an even more unique level of service, and that's where I should be starting to build really deep and meaningful relationships. I'm still gonna to market to the people in my database when we have a saying you can outsource the majority of your database connection and communication work, but you can't outsource your pipeline work because this is where your clients are living. Now, the last part of the relationship cycle is called an advocate. Now, I won't go into that, I'll keep that for another podcast, but the advocates are the customers that we're having for life. And of course, these are the most important people because they are the people who refer business to us, they are people who come back to us. It's really important. 
the Harvard study shows that someone who I create an advocate of will refer 14 bits of business to me inside their own transaction. Many agents don't even speak to someone they've sold a home to or sold a home for because I think they won't be selling for another six or seven years. But you know, once you create a wonderful advocate, they become a really rich and deep source um, of, of leads into your business. So we have two types of business. People who have the opportunistic side I talked about earlier, hand to mouth, you know, the days filled from I have stock and no stock. And those people who build what I call a core, who build a solid database, who build a pipeline, who actually start to, to, to get the majority of their business, 80%. So the people who I said plateaued after two or three years are people who build opportunistic style businesses. The 20 or 30% whose business continues to grow are the ones that build what I call a core business. Now the beauty of core is that we don't want 100% of your business to be core because we still want that core to create opportunities in the marketplace for you. We want that core to be 80%. You know, I still want to be able to pick up the neighbor that I didn't know who came to my open for inspection. I still want to have the best opens in the suburb. So someone who I've missed over the years comes and sees the quality of my work. But the bigger my core, the more opportunities that it's created. So your business is often defined by the depth and breadth of the core nature of your business and the way that you can structure your business to take advantage of the opportunities. Now, interesting enough, and I think this is uh, really, really um, important, is to understand that how your business creates, how, how your business is created, will then determine what type of growth you're going to have. So let me explain. One of the things that we know is that for people to reach different levels of their career, they have to invest inside their business. Now, if you have an opportunistic style business, I can tell you you're wary about investing. You have two good months, one bad month, one good month, one bad month. So the idea of you investing money to employing staff to help you becomes really scary because you're concerned about the cash flow of your business and your, and your ability or inability to provide a stable platform to employ staff. So your business by that nature becomes stuck. The people who have core start to get consistent. They can start to see that they're going to have five listings next month, five listings a month after, stock the month after that, and it gives them confidence. And it's off the back of that confidence that they start to invest inside their business. And so their growth becomes exponential. If you're sitting there saying, well, I haven't got an assistant and I'm, I'm on record as saying that the day or the, the day of the single entity agent, I think the fat lady's well and truly singing on the single entity agent. It's, it's impossible. It's impossible to be a high performing single entity agent and, and, and actually deliver the demands of the modern society. Now I know what you're thinking. There's a few of you out there who say, I don't have a PA and I don't have a system, I'm going well. I've always said, let's just play percentages. The majority of you won't and you'll need that support. So if you're sitting here listening to this today going, you know what, I've always been nervous about putting on staff or putting on a system or getting someone to work for me. Ask yourself where that nervousness comes from. Because more than likely, it's probably come from the way you've shaped your business. 
At the start of 2019, I think it's an opportunity to sit down and reflect on what type of business that you've created. Have a look at has your business plateaued and then don't look at the dollar value because it hasn't really told the true story in the last couple of years, particularly in our major eastern seaboard cities. Have a look at the volume of sales that you've made. For me, the volume is the true indicator of growth. I know people who have, you know, made more money in 2018, but they did less sales than they did in 2016. They're actually businesses going backwards, but because of the dollar value of the product, they've made more money on, 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 their, on, their, uh, on their group certificate. As the volume starts to come out of the market and the, and the prices start to correct a little bit, all of a sudden, their businesses are exposed. Sit down and reflect on 2009 and ask yourself, what type of business have I created? And what's the energy is that type of business giving me? Is it actually the blockage for me on the way that I'm starting to create and shape the future? I think at this time of the year, you know, we can take a little bit of time for, uh, for reflection, a little bit of time to say, you know, a, a great question I ask people, you know, who I hang out with is, just tell me why your business would grow this year. Give me the three reasons why your business would grow. Don't give me I'm gonna work harder. Don't give me all that stuff. Tell me functionally why your business would grow. I think the real opportunity for growth comes from the way you are going to shape your business. I hope this podcast well, this little chat today has helped. Um, once again, you know we're going to uh, be consistent with these. I'm going to keep posting, just posting my thoughts. I hope they help. And of course, um, don't feel frightened to reach out if you ever want to have a chat. All the best, and let's make 2019 a cracker.